So really, um, I felt the Lord was saying to me tonight to speak on Scotland, land of destiny. And it's something I speak on quite a bit. It's certainly the theme for a lot of what we do here, especially in the Arise Scotland meetings. And uh, But I don't, a lot of stuff that um, I would teach in other places, I don't always teach in Arise. Um, because we don't always necessarily go as deep as I would like to, if I'm being honest. Uh, and I've got to share uh, preaching duties with other folks. But I just felt tonight that the Lord was saying, speak on Scotland, the land of destiny. We've been talking, in fact, we're speaking to Isabel uh, yesterday, and I'd mentioned something in my message, and Isabel picked up on it, and she, I gave her a couple of books away. She was asking about the Stony Destiny, which is very central to really what we're about, if, if the truth be told. And I'm touching some of that tonight. But the Stone of Destiny um, is actually featured in the Richard McPhee prophecy from 100 years ago. He speaks about the stone. And interestingly, the stone is in Scotland, which, of course, 100 years ago, the stone was in the Edward the Confessor's chair at Westminster Abbey and had been there for 600 years now, 700, but it's come back to Scotland, as we know. And in fact, in 1996, the Stone of Scone, as it was known, was returned amid much fanfare to the Scottish people. This stone had been captured by Edward the Confessor in a foray north in 1296. For years it sat under Edward's chair in Westminster Abbey and monarchs of England then Britain were crowned on it. Previously, of course, monarchs of Ireland and then Scotland had been crowned on it. Okay? For, for millennia really now, or, or well, certainly many hundred years. Um, in fact, I'm right in saying over 2,000. So it's widely known that the Stone of Destiny is Jacob's Pillar or Jacob's Pillow. Okay? That's the legend of it, uh, and there's a lot to back that up, which I won't get into tonight because it become a lecture then, rather than, you know, a message. So it's being the stone Jacob used as a pillow the night he dreamt of angels. And that's what we're going to look at as a scripture tonight, Genesis chapter 28. Ascending and descending the heavenly ladder. And I want to speak about this. I felt the Lord saying to speak about the stone because it's so central to what we're about, and, and I'll say this again, it's the same with the Shehalian thing, folks. It's, it's not even about, does this have to be true literally, historically? I believe it is. I believe Jacob's, or I believe the Stone of Destiny is Jacob's pillar, okay? But it's the same as Mount Shehalian. Is it really Mount Zion in the far north? I think the point being that even if all it is is a symbol, it's a symbol of Bible truth. It's a symbol of something that God wants to show us that has purpose for Scotland. Whether it's a literal thing, and that's really it, and that's the interpretation, which I believe about Shehalian and I believe about the Stone of Destiny. But it has that symbolic importance too. So that people can say, well, I don't know that I believe what you believe, but I can believe in this because I see it in God's Word. And I see it as pertinent to Scotland. In other words, it has prophetic symbolism which is pertinent to what we're about as, as the remnant in Scotland. Um, you know, and that's, and that's, 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 how we, that's how we roll at Arise Scotland, and it's certainly how we, uh, I'm approaching it tonight. So, 
Genesis 28, folks, is where we are. Uh, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to read from verse 10 uh, to get the story of this, okay? So it says here, verse 10, Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. Because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord, or Yahweh, stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. I think I'll just stop there and say this. Very often we get so familiar with something, or we, 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 we just take things on the surface for granted, but we don't realize the Lord is in this. The Lord is in this place. And we've been conditioned, and I don't think it's an accident. Um, there's a book uh, by a guy called Peter Beres Fidelis about, it's called Aaron's Blood Royal. And really, the, the whole book is about the fact that the Irish people, uh, he had done a study, he's a very famous Celtic scholar, and he had done a study that the Irish people, uh, when he looked into the, the names, the names of all the Irish clans, he discovered that they were all of royal seed. They were all of Milesian stock. Uh, and we, I'm not going to get into that tonight, but basically it meant that they were of Davidic stock, or, or, or sorry, of, of Juda, Judaic stock, and Davidic stock. Okay? They were royal seed. They were descended from David. But he said, and, and they're in Ireland, remember, because of migrations to Ireland, from Judaic people. And of course, the royal princesses that Jeremiah took over to Ireland. Now, I could get into all that, but I won't uh, get into it tonight just to say that. But the reason why he was shocked and he wrote the book Aaron's Blood Royal was that he discovered that there were two institutions that had suppressed this knowledge and kept it from the Irish people. And basically taught them they were thick, they were bog Irish, they were peasants, they were descended from nothing, they were worthless. And of course, that's why we have Irish jokes, don't we? Oh, Paddy and Mick went into the bar, all that stuff. And, you know, today we call this racism, but this is the worst type of racism because this, he said that this was designed to destroy the identity of the Irish so that they would forget who they were. Sound familiar? They would, forget who, they would forget their royal identity. And of course, much of those Irish clans um, migrated across uh, to Scotland, 
and we have in, in, the, in Dalriada region, we have also royal seed, royal clans, a lot of our Scottish clans are of, of royal descent. But, but he said there were two institutions in Ireland that deliberately went out to suppress this information and wouldn't let the Irish people know who they were. And he said one was the Roman Catholic Church and the other was the Irish government, successive Irish governments, because it wasn't in their interest to let the Irish know who they really were. So uh, a, a whole conditioning of dumbing down and making the Irish feel oppressed, thick, because also it fueled the uh, resentment to England. Okay, and this is an Irishman teaching this. So anyway, why is that important? Because a similar thing is happening in Scotland. Ugh, we're just Scotland, you know, we're just a wee nation. We're, we've got that mentality. And it's all designed, I believe, brothers and sisters, to make us feel less about ourselves so we won't really know who we truly are. Well, amen? Which is a people purposed by God for an end-time destiny, which is to be the light to the nations and bring revival to the, to the globe, to the planet. Amen? And so we have successive... You know, it's the whole purpose, I think, of devolution and of nationalism is to nurse our grievances because we, we've been oppressed and downtrodden. Of course, it's all lies because if you look at the, the British Empire, it was Scotland that ran the British Empire. Amen? It was the Scots. It wasn't the English. It was actually the Scots who were the, the driving engine uh, and, and so on. Anyway... But this is what I'm saying here when he says this. He says, the Lord's in this place, and I didn't know it. You know, we just read that uh, lovely little song, When Scotland Was on Fire. And you know, a lot of Christians today don't know that. They don't really know the history. They maybe heard it, you know, 21st hand from somebody. But if you know who you are, and you know you're of royal seed, royal identity, Nobody can keep you down. And Jacob is wandering around and then he lies down on, on these stones and he has this dream. And what the dream is, the dream is a revelation of reality. And he says, you know, I'm just lying here in this desert place, if you like, on a bunch of stones, but I didn't know that where I'm lying... It's where God is. And I believe, of course, a large part of that is that he was the one that was the portal. He's, he's uncovered a portal here. And he sees angels and he sees at the top of this ladder or this portal, he sees Yahweh himself. And you know, I think that really speaks to us today in Scotland anyway because you know, we've got a, a lump of stain through Edinburgh Castle and most people, what I'm saying tonight, they don't, oh, the stone of destiny, aye, that's that thing the students stole in 1950s, but they don't understand the importance of it. Okay? Because the stone, being the Bethel stone, represents Christ. It's the rock that went through the wilderness. They carried it through the wilderness from Egypt uh, to, the, to, the prom to the promised land. And if it is, and you know, people say, well, 
And, and you could ask a bunch of folks that know the legend, and some will say, well, I don't really believe it's the Bethel stone, I don't believe it's Jacob's pillar, and others who do. But the point is, even if it isn't, it's still the symbolism for us in Scotland today, because the stone represented Christ. The rock that they carried through the wilderness. Now, let me read on with this just to finish the, the passage off. It says here, uh, Surely the Lord's had this place, I don't know. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place? Or fearful or solemn. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Or we would say today, This is the portal of heaven. This stone, and it's interesting because it starts off with stones. It says, Jacob rose up early in the morning, verse 18, and took the stone that he'd put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. When this begins, it's a bunch of stones, but it ends up as one stone. Amen? So, there's a whole bunch of teaching you could do about that, but the important thing he says is, this stone, it's just a stone. There must have been loads of stones. But Jacob understood there's something about that stone that he put his head on that was the house of God, the Bethel. Amen? Now, they might have Bethel over in Reading, but <laughs> in California, but we've got the Bethel stone. And there's a symbolic importance to that. Because, again, when you get into the legends of Shehalion, it's connected with the stone of destiny. In fact, some, some uh, traditions believe that the stone was kept very near Shehalion for a season. Okay, it was certainly kept in Persia, we know that. It's gone. Right, yep. Yeah, it's been moved around. Okay, it's definitely been moved around. It was in England from 1296 to uh, 1996, so 700 years. And they brought it back just before devolution happened. Uh, and a lot of people were upset about that for different reasons. But the key issue to all of this is that the stone is now in Scotland. Some people think that's not a good thing. But it's interesting how Scotland has become a place of unrest since that time. Okay, and there are reasons for that, I believe, because, and we'll look at that as we go on, but it says here that it's the house of God and the gate of heaven, or the portal to glory, if you like. It's the portal of heaven, it's the gate where that stone is. And of course, the stone is a type of Christ. And Christ is the portal. He is the house of God, and we are, uh, being, uh, we are living stones built into his body, and he is the gate of heaven, isn't he? I am the way, the truth, the life. No man has an entry into heaven to the Father but by me. But I think it's so important that we grasp this, what the Lord is saying here, is that that stone is in Scotland. It's not, in, it's not even in England now. It's not in America. It's not in Russia. It's not in China. It's not, it's not in any other place. There's, I believe, a divine purpose for it being in Scotland. Even if only a symbol for the Lord to say, what I'm going to do in the earth, I'm going to do in Scotland and through Scotland. Scotland being the house of God and also the gate to heaven or the portal. You know, and, and I do believe this. 
that we are living in the times where the prophetic messages and words throughout the centuries about Scotland. And, and bear in mind, these guys, the Celtic saints, they dealt with the stone of destiny too. Okay, so it's, it's so important. And then I'll just, it says here, he called the name of that place Bethel, the, which is the house of God. And that was before Bill Johnson. <laughs> but the name of the city was called Luz at the first. Okay? And it says here that Luz meant departure or perverseness, perversion. So where there has been perversion, God will build his house. And we see a lot of perversion in Scotland right now. Don't we? A departure from the things of God, a perversion of what Scotland was, a land of the book, the people of the book, but it will once again be the Bethel, the, the house of God. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me, will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread, tea, and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Now, what this is saying to us, folks, is this. Where that stone is, there's the house of God. Amen? That stone is in Edinburgh. Incidentally, I say, the city of my birth. And yours, Jim, am I right? Parents, yes. Yeah. So all the good folks come from Edinburgh. All the the aristocratic, look at, look at them shaking their head at me. All these wee Ouija's here. Shaking their head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've been sent as a missionary to all the Ouija's. But you see, it's, it's, it's in the heart of Scotland, isn't it? And that, that's not a coincidence. And that's why Longshanks wanted the stone and sent the army up to get it because... The, the blessings associated with that stone, again, it was a royal secret. The kings knew that. That if you have that stone, you have the dominion. Of course, eventually, as we know, uh, England got stronger and then the British Empire, while it was in London. It was so important to let me get this. Now, so vital to our study is a statement made by Jacob that this place is none other but the house of God and the gate of heaven. The stone of destiny is the very house of God and the gate of heaven. From that time on, this stone became known as the Bethel stone and its very presence, watch this, symbolized the place where God had an earthly dwelling. And as we know, it was in uh, Israel um, for many years before. It's believed Jeremiah took it and brought it with the two Hebrew princesses to Ireland via Spain. Now, Kings of Ireland were crowned on it for uh, centuries. And then, uh, I think it was about 500 AD, Fergus the Great brought it over from Ireland. Uh, and he borrowed it, in inverted commas, from, I think it was his brother, because he was the High King of Ireland, uh, because he wanted to be crowned on it, but he never returned it. So it stayed in Scotland. Successive Scottish monarchs, including, uh, I'm going to say, the successive Scottish monarchs were crowned on it. The Bruce wasn't crowned on it because it, by that time it had been taken down to England. Uh, 1296, Edward I wanted the stone 
took it down, and it sat in Westminster Abbey for 700 years. And successive kings then of uh, queens of England, then of course when we had the uh, British Empire, or, or Britain became, uh, was formed. Then kings or monarchs or queens of Britain were crowned on it until uh, 20, 25 years ago. So, the stone kingdom. I'm just flipping over some, I've got lots of notes here. The stone of destiny represents Scotland's destiny. Hence its name. That's why Scotland is the land of destiny, because the stone is here. Now, now we're not saying that the stone is something that we go and worship, or something that we go and, you know, we, we treat it as something, like a shrine or something like that. But it's the symbolism of it. It's what it represents. It's what God's statement is. You know, remember that back in, the, in, in those days long ago, God would speak and he would put his word in stone, the Ten Commandments and so on, the, the, the law of Moses, all these things. They would etch these things in stone. Uh, so it's so important to understand that the stone is a statement from the Lord about God's, about God's purpose in Scotland and about Scotland's destiny. That's why it's the stone of destiny. The reason for this is that the stone represents the presence of God. It's the Bethel stone and his kingdom authority. Now, I think the Lord is saying to us tonight, folks, because I really felt led by the Spirit of God to do speak on this tonight. And this is why I, what I think the Lord is saying to us, is that we have an authority here in Scotland a purpose and a, an authority and a destiny to break the chains of the nations of all that's going on right now. I'm not saying folks in America and Australia and Canada and all over the world, I'm not saying they, they can't engage with the Lord, they can't do these decrees that we do, they can't uh, make a stand and proclaim and decree and pray and all these things. But I think there's something about Scotland that God says... I brought you here to this place for such a time as this. I think that's so important. And that's why all the prophetic words that have gone on over the years, they all culminate, I think, at this time. Where the Lord is saying to us, you're here in this very place for a purpose, for a reason. And that reason is to exercise kingdom authority. These decrees that Karen speaks of and, and I've been speaking of, they're not just, well, a useful thing to do because what else are we going to do and fill our time with? We have to say them, and we have to say them in a sense here in Scotland because there's a, there's a strategic geographic reason why we're here that we have to align ourselves with the throne of God. And that's why, you know, Jacob had this vision and he's, in, he's lying on a stone. Didn't sound very comfortable to me. But as he looks up, there's a portal, there's a ladder, and the angels are going up and down on it. And, you know, you and I are now that ladder. Angels are going up and down on us. If you, if, if, because we're, we're the portal. We're the gate to heaven. We're the house of God. The Bible says, you're God's house. We're, we're the temple. So, being God's house... 
Uh, we are also the portal. And it's not just that we're the portal that if people come, we can lead them to Jesus. And, because every Christian is a portal that way. But I think there is prophetic importance about us being in Scotland at this time, being aware of these, things, these revelations that God has been given us and say, well, we're a portal in the sense that God wants to release authority, release dominion, and release dunamis power through us to dismantle the kingdom of darkness and plant the heavens, plant the kingdom of heaven in the earth. You know, and I, I, I just say this, I believe it. When Jesus says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, can I be so bold as to say this? And it might sound arrogant to people who are not Scottish, but I think there's something about being in Scotland and saying that, that there's far more oomph to it maybe than saying it anywhere else. And that, does, that shouldn't make us feel proud. It actually should make us feel humble because isn't it wonderful that God has chosen us to be in Scotland, the land of destiny? I know folks from other countries and nations they might think, oh, my nation's special. Well, all nations are special. But there's something about being in Scotland at this time, I believe. So, now, an old prophetic legend about the stone brings out this truth about the presence of God and his kingdom authority with particular reference to Scottish monarchs upon the Davidic throne. There's a, I'm not going to try the Latin, but there's a Latin inscription um, I won't try and read it. <laughs> uh, a long time since I spoke Latin. But the Latin inscription was on a piece of wood attached to the stone when Edward I carried the stone away in 1296. And this is, this is the translation of it. This is the English. Uh, it reads, If fates go right, where'er the stone is found, the Scots shall monarchs of that realm be found. And what that means is, Wherever this stone goes, Scots will end up being monarchs. Scots, kingly Scots, will end up being in dominion and be monarchs wherever this stone goes. Now, isn't it interesting that Longshanks came up to steal the stone because he knew it had, I wouldn't say magic power, but he knew there was something about the stone that you had, to, you had to own it. Kings are really into this sort of stuff, aren't they? They, they really like symbols and, and, and things. And, and a lot of that can actually be a cult in the end. They want a cult things. Hitler apparently sought out all these occult artifacts because it gave him power. But there was something that people knew about the Stone of Destiny. And it's interesting because Edward, the confessor, the Longshanks, is the one that's the hated one, the English one in, in the Braveheart movie you know, the hated English, but he took something away that guaranteed that his dynasty, his successors, would actually be, end up being replaced by the very people that he stole it from. And because it happened. It happened when Elizabeth I died and they couldn't find a successor among the English uh, monarchs or, or, or royalty or aristocracy so what did they do? They sent for, for James VI, who became James I, and he was the man who had the vision of union to unite the thrones of Scotland and England 
and of course, all based on the stone of destiny. That, and then, of course, this prophecy was fulfilled because he became monarch of England. He became James I of England, the sixth of Scotland. And so this prophecy that said, wherever this stone is found, the Scotch monarch of that realm be found. It became historical fact in 1603 when James VI of Scotland ascended the English throne. Now, Hector Bose, the Scottish historian, records this ancient prophecy this way. If the prophecy is not false, he said, wherever the hoary pillow is found, by right out of the free nation of Scots, kings will be taken. So what he's saying here is this. What these prophetic words are saying is that this stone represents kingly authority in Scotland. Not just for Scottish kings by right of succession, but I think beyond that, for the, Sc the Scottish people. Amen? It's saying Scotland has this unique place in the earth through the stone of destiny. And Sir Walter Scott translated an Irish version into English like this. Unless the fates be faithless grown or prophet's voice be vain, wherever is found the sacred stone, the wanderer's race shall reign. And the word, of course the word Scott means wanderer. And this stone is with the wanderer's race. It's a Scottish stone, not from origin because its sandstone composition is native to Palestine or we would say uh, Israel or, or the, the, the ancient land of the Bible, not the landscape of Scotland. The stone has a history of wandering with the wandering people of God. And it went with the Israelites through the wilderness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. And we know, of course, that they got water out of the stone. Now, of course, it's not, it wasn't, I don't believe it was just a random stone they found. I believe it was the, the stone of destiny. But the stone is here called Christ. Scotland's stone of destiny, just like the lion rampant, just like the Cairo of the Psalter, is a symbol of Christ. It represents the kingdom of Christ Jesus. And of course, it refers to Moses striking the rock to get water for the Israelites. Now, and it doesn't say it's a rock. It says it's the rock, all right? But what I want us to really concentrate on tonight is that, and we've looked at the stone, and the stone is the stone of destiny. It's called that. But really, it's about Scotland's destiny. Scotland's destiny is to be chief of the nations, not by being the, the biggest nation, the most powerful nation, or the most militarily equipped nation, or the most economically uh, powerful nation, but because Scotland is a wholly set-apart land. And it's people, and, and, and we said, the land of the book, the people of the book. So I just feel the Lord saying to us tonight, you know, I don't even feel this as a preacher, even a, a teaching thing. It's just I feel the Lord is impressing upon us tonight 
to have that sense or awareness or consciousness in us that we're in this place, I don't mean this church or in this part of Glasgow, but in this land of destiny. We need to stop looking around and seeing, especially in this area, you know, this area which has a, a, a really bad reputation for darkness and all stuff, you know, I mean, really rough, a rough area. In fact, the very name means rough ground. But it's easy maybe to think of these things if you're up Loch Lomond or you're up Ben Nevis or somewhere picturesque and wonderful. But I think the Lord is saying to us tonight to be conscious that just being in Scotland, and that means anywhere in Scotland, and you know the, the, the darker areas, the rougher areas, God wants us to transform them from wilderness to Eden. Amen. You know, it'd be great if we all lived in the, uh, you know, the shores of, of, of a lovely loch, you know, and we all uh, we looked out every morning and we saw deer and we, you know, and, and mountains and uh, pine trees. That'd be great. But the very fact that we're in this land and we're in this land for a purpose, and I just feel the Lord saying to us tonight for us to respond to that, for us to have a response in our hearts to that and say, well, that's just some of the stuff that we, that to cover, there's a whole bunch more. Um, and the, in fact, it's a, it's, it's a little book that I wrote, Scotland, Land of Destiny, some of the stuff, amazing revelations about the history of the Scottish people and nation and their glorious future. So I'll give you guys a copy of that. Um, and it, there's so much in it. What's the lion rampant mean? What does the saltire mean? I mean, the Stone of Destiny is a big central part of that, but it is only part of it. But it, it's, it's central to all, to understand and I just felt the Lord saying to emphasize that tonight. The destiny of our nation. Amen. So, however we respond to that, maybe now, but I just feel the Lord saying he wanted that put out there tonight so that we understand we're here for a purpose. We're not here just to, and we're not here to be the devil's punch bag. And we're not here to be downtrodden. But we're here to be in a sense, the kingly race. And it's not about uh, a racial thing. It's just about the fact that God, by his mercy, has caused us to be here. Whether we're born here or descended from folks that were born here, but we're here at this time for a purpose. And that purpose is the destiny, and not just of Scotland, but the destiny of the nations. And for God to move in Scotland that will then deluge the nations, engulf the nations. And that's Jean Donald's prophecy, that's so many other people have seen a similar thing. In fact, somebody just had it quite recently, one of the prophetic groups on Facebook. You know, and it's all the same thing, just described in different ways. And we've all had a measure of that in our own visions and, you know, dreams. The Lord is saying that we're not here to be stomped down by the darkness, but we're here to stomp down the darkness and release the light of his word and the glory of God to the nations. Amen.